And happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Cage on Sports. Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Nine then set hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day today. Lots to get to. Busy day across the state yesterday in terms of high school sports with kids back on the courts and on the ice and in the gym and in the weight room and on the wrestling match for the first time in six weeks as practices officially began yesterday. Second half of the sports wrap, we're going to chat with Lakers Athletics Director Rob Nielsen to kind of get the, the lay on the land on what's going on uh, here in Laker country when it comes to to requirements for practices and what we'll talk to Rob about Oh, a whole bunch of stuff when it comes to high school sports. Because what we see is the is the outside looking in, uh, but what we don't see is the hard work that ads have to do to to first of all make winter schedules before the pause started, and then have to remake those winter schedules in seventy percent of the a lot of time that they thought they had between now and March. A lot goes into to making all of this work as restrictions and things handed down from the top all the way down to ADs. We'll talk to Rob Nielsen, second half of the wrap today. Lots to get to before that. The Golden Gopher hockey team, number one in the nation, now off to their best start in 80 years. The Vikings are going to be looking for yet another offensive coordinator this offseason. And another friendly reminder to always check your sources and not run with anything that you see on Twitter. And ESPN falling victim to a fake tweet Yesterday, but first, let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. Rewind. Oh, score! Minnesota shot from the point by Sam Rosini. I, I don't know if it tipped somebody or not, but it goes in up high. And it's I don't know for lead. I don't know if it got to 12 miles an hour. Sam Rosini taking the lead for the Gophers last night as they pick up a 6-4 win over Arizona State. The four goals, the most allowed by the Gophers all season long. That's because Jack LaFontaine not on the ice. He gets the night off after going 9-0 so far this season. It was the backup, Jared Moe, getting his first win of the season, making 20 saves on 24 shots, including this There's gem. A shot from the point off the stick of Sinek just wide. It goes to the right wing boards where Arizona sets up there. Down to the goal line. Oh, what a save. Robin, what a save for Moe, robbing the top goal scorer in the nation the last two years, Johnny Walker. 12 Minnesota players picking up points in the win, including two points performances from Mike Costner, Brandon McManus. You've got Bryce Brodzinski, Blake McLaughlin, Sam Rossini, as we heard right there. McLaughlin picking up his first two goals of the season, while McManus, Brodzinski, Sample, Ransa, and Johnny Sorensen, each adding a tally of their own. Minnesota's six goals in the win are the most the team has scored in a game this season. The Gophers now 10-0 overall. 8-0 in the Big Ten. They've won 12 straight games dating back to the end of last season, and they are 10-0 for the first time in 80 years. This is a historic Gophers season we're watching. Gophers outshooting Arizona State 32-24 in the season finale. They now return to Big Ten play next weekend on the road at number 12 Wisconsin on Saturday, January 9th, and Sunday, January 10th. Game times and broadcast information for that series will be announced at a later date. But the Gopher men's hockey team, they're rolling, but head coach Bob Motzko knows that they can't play like they did against Arizona State. We did a lot of good things tonight, you know, letting them back in. We, I don't like the two penalties we took, and they get a power play goal. Now they're right back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we caused uh, um, 
we gave them an opportunity to get back in the game, and they're a dangerous team, and we talked about it, and you saw it tonight. And then we got a couple tips to, to you know, to, to stretch it out for us. Nice to see Jared Moe get the start in there yep. uh, and, and, and pick up the win. I'm sure he'd like one or two of those back, but still, he got some game time. Well, the only one was the last one, but outside yeah. of that, we hung him out to dry with the, with the you know, hey, that was a great goal by Johnny Walker and, oh, and, man, and was you know, big-time goal. And then uh, he didn't have a chance on those goals except the last one, and it was good. He hadn't played in there. We needed him to battle in there. We got down 3-2, and he stood tall for us and gave he made a couple brilliant saves as well. So it was good. We need to get him in there. The top 25 rankings have been released for men's college basketball, and the Golden Gophers continue to climb up. Now 10-2 and and ranked 16th in the nation right now. Gonzaga has their hold at number one. They've been very good this year. They're 10-0. 63 first place votes. Baylor is number two. They're 9-0. Villanova, they're going to have some issues here pretty quick. They've had to cancel the next three weeks of games. They're the number three of the country right now. Texas is four. Iowa, who is uh, coming up on the Gophers schedule again down in Iowa City, they're five. Kansas is six. Creighton, seven. Wisconsin is eight. Tennessee, nine. Michigan, the Gophers' opponent tomorrow night in Ann Arbor. They're the 10th ranked team. Houston, Illinois, Missouri, West Virginia, Rutgers, then Minnesota at 16. Oregon, Texas Tech, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Duke, all the way down to 21. If you'd have told me at the beginning of this season that the Gophers would be ranked higher than Duke to start January, you'd have been crazy. But Duke hasn't played very many games. They've only played five games this season. They've had some COVID concerns. Virginia, St. Louis, who the Gophers have handed their one loss. They are in the top 25 for the first time. Michigan State down to 23 and Florida State 25. Other teams getting votes. Ohio State knocked out of the top 25. The Gophers beat them over the weekend. Northwestern. Uh, another Big Ten school that get, got votes, and I think that's it for the Big Ten. You've got your, your UCLA's, your your Louisville's, Florida, BYU, not in the top 25, but all getting votes. But as it stands right now, Gophers, 10-2, 16th in the nation. They take on the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor tomorrow night. Well, Black Monday has come and gone in the NFL, and as it stands, as of right now, six head coach vacancies in the NFL. Black Monday biting Doug Marone with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've decided to part ways with him, just three seasons removed from the AFC Championship game. Anthony Lynn with the L.A. Chargers, a surprise one for me, was fired yesterday after uh, a pretty slow start to the season. They put in Justin Herbert, who just tears all of Peyton Manning's rookie records to shreds. Done. No more Anthony Lynn in L.A. He was 33-31 and 31 overall, two seasons removed from a 12-4 and four campaign, which just goes to show you in the NFL, it's what have you done for me lately. The Jets announcing on Sunday night that Adam Gase's time in New York officially done. He was 9-23 and 23 in two seasons at the helm and ultimately was winning games when he shouldn't have been because it cost them the number one overall pick. The Detroit Lions job is still officially open. Matt Patricia was fired a couple weeks ago. Atlanta Falcons' head job is officially open. Raheem Morris uh, stepped in for Dan Quinn on October 11th. And I think Raheem Morris made a strong case to be the full-time replacement after taking over for an 0-5 Atlanta team. And, of course, the Houston Texans' job, Bill O'Brien fired after the Vikings beat them to drop them to 0-4 back in the end of September. So the, the six jobs open. Jacksonville, the Chargers, which I think is the the, the most appealing job, Right now, you've got your quarterback of the future. You've got the 13th overall pick. You've got some good offensive weapons, some good pieces on defense, and you can quickly turn that L.A. Chargers team around. The Jets, Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, the six jobs open. And, of course, a, a, a plethora of 
offensive and defensive coordinator job is going to open up as well, including one potentially for the Minnesota Vikings. Yet again, Gary Kubiak, the current OC for Minnesota, is mulling retirement. That's according to a report from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. This is the, the tweet from Tom yesterday. I'm told the Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak is leaning towards retirement. This has been something on Kubiak's mind for some time now. He may not make the final decision for several days or even weeks down the line. But, of course, Kubiak retired once already as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. People that know him believe that it is headed that way. If Kubiak retires, it'll open the door for the sixth offensive coordinator to work under Mike Zimmer, who is in his eighth season as the Vikings head coach. It was North Turner from 2014 to 2016. Then Turner abruptly left midseason, opened the door for Pat Shermer, who was there for a season and a half. John D. Filippo was there in 2018, wasn't running the ball enough, so Zimmer fired him. Kevin Stefanski stepped in in 2019, and Gary Kubiak last season. And for as many OCs as this Vikings offense has had, really hasn't missed a beat. Dalvin Cook has emerged as a top three running back in the NFL. You've got Kirk Cousins, who plays very, very well sometimes. You've got Adam Thielen. You've got uh, one of the top two offensive rookies in the NFL. As, as much as I want Justin Jefferson to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, my gut says it's going to go to Justin Herbert with the Chargers. As, as much as that stings, as, as, as great a campaign as Jefferson had, here, here's my money. I'm going to say 100% somebody named Justin going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So then you look at potential offensive coordinators for this team outside the organization. Because I, I mm, my gut feeling says that Kubiak's son, who is the quarterback's coach this season, is going to get the bump up to offensive coordinator to keep things inside the organization. Because if, if there's one thing that we've learned about Mike Zimmer and the way that he likes to control this team, it's he wants his, his guys but if they do go outside, there's a couple other Zimmer guys out there. Hugh Jackson, who's fired by Cincinnati a couple years ago. Or was it the Cleveland Browns? I forget which one it was. He's been seen uh, hanging around Vikings training camp in the past. Hugh Jackson could be an interesting fit at OC. Pat Shermer, after he left the Vikings offensive coordinator job to go coach the New York Giants, was fired. He's out there. Anthony Lynn, recently released by the L.A. Chargers, like we just mentioned. Lynn could be an interesting choice. What about Jay Gruden? Who's had some success running offenses in Atlanta. Didn't do much as a head coach in Washington. Jay Gruden is Kirk Cousins' former coach in Washington. Could be an interesting fit there. Those are my outside picks. Lynn, Jackson, Sherber, Bill Callahan, another one. Jay Gruden. I think those guys could be interesting fits, but my gut says that Zimmer is going to promote from within and keep his offensive style. Because if if he brings somebody else in, they're going to bring another outside game plan. They're going to bring a, a new way of doing things. And Zimmer likes to control his things. He wants things his done his way. He wants smash mouth football. You've got a good running back. Run him up the middle. Um, third and five <laughs> every single time. Ah, frustrating. 
Just when things get moving with, with the Vikings offense, they're going to totally change up everything, potentially. I don't know. Good, good for Gary Kubiak for, for doing what he wants, for kind of being the Band-Aid. But man, just another blunder in, in terms of, of Vikings head coaches and in, in, in not looking at Kevin Stefanski. Another former Vikings coach, Eric Bieniemy, the running backs coach during Adrian Peterson's huge run, is now getting head coach looks. Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy going to be a, a, a head coach somewhere next season. Following in the long line of Vikings assistants that have success other places. Guys like Pete Carroll, Tony Dungy, Brian Billick, Mike Tomlin. Guys that have started within this organization and have gone on to win Super Bowls. Of course, Eric Bieniemy, not the head coach for Kansas City last year, but the OC, he's a... Uh, He's got himself a ring. Bonus number three, and a friendly reminder to the masses to not believe everything that you see on Twitter. And I know Twitter's done a good job of of taking down fake accounts, but they don't get all of them. And ESPN, the uh, the scapegoat on, on this one for today's reminder to not believe everything you see on social media. There are fake Adam Schefter accounts all over the place. Adam Schefter, of course, the guy who a lot of us get our breaking NFL news from. And so people make fake Adam Schefter accounts and tweet random things out just for a laugh or to to watch the world burn. And yesterday, a fake Adam Schefter account called Adarn Schefter, which if you're going through really quick, the the R and the N together look pretty close to an M. They claimed that the Dolphins had released offensive coordinator Chan Gailey. Relieved him of his duties. And he got to the point where ESPN wrote a story about it and reported it on SportsCenter yesterday that they ran with the fake tweet. Chan Gailey still has a job in Miami. Was not released. But ESPN doing the right thing. Redacting the story. And offered a statement saying ESPN published an incorrect story on Monday involving Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator Chan Gailey. The story has been removed and replaced with this correction. The story was also mentioned on the 1 p.m. Eastern edition of SportsCenter. No ESPN reporters reported on Gailey or the Dolphins or were involved in the error. It was made internally. It was on ESPN.com for about 20 minutes. It also ran on the bottom line. ESPN regrets the error. Well, this isn't the first time that ESPN has been duped. During 2016 free agency, uh, Schefter himself fell victim to a fake report. And in 2019, a Twitter user mocked up a fake, Le- fake LeBron James comment on Instagram, and that made its way on to SportsCenter. So who can we trust when it comes to sports? When when even ESPN is running with these fake tweets. And I've, I've fallen victim to it as well. I'll, I'll admit it. Midway through the season when the Vikings were, what, 0-4, 0-5, I saw a tweet from a fake account that said Mike Zimmer had been fired. I sent it to my buddies. I've I've fallen victim to this as well. Just make sure you're checking all of the sources. Make sure you're checking everything before you're sharing information, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's whatever. 
Check your sources before you help things explode on social media. Second half of the sports wrap. We're joined by Lakers Athletics Director Rob Nielsen talking about the upcoming winter sports season, the work that goes in the schedules, and a couple things to watch for. Rob, next on The Wrap. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL offseason has started for the 18 teams that did not make the postseason, and a number of them have moved on from their head coaches. Six teams have parted ways with their 2020 coach so far. In the past day and a half, the Chargers, Jaguars, and Jets joined the coaching carousel. Detroit, Atlanta, and Houston made in-season changes. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport says the Chargers want to talk with Giants offensive coordinator and former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett, as well as Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable. The Cleveland Browns will be without defensive end Olivier Vernon for their long-awaited playoff run. He tore his Achilles Sunday. And Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans is day-to-day with a knee injury. An MRI showed no structural damage. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Our biggest storage event just got stronger. The Store More Save More event going on now at the Home Depot. Get the exclusive 77-inch Husky welded I-beam steel shelving for just $179. It now holds up to 10,000 pounds. Plus, it's the only steel shelving with a full lifetime warranty. Find more Husky steel shelving online at homedepot.com. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Limited time only. Event and dates vary by store. Claim based on 2,500 pounds per shelf when evenly distributed. See store for details. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel. Language for life. Start the new year with a new language. Get up to 60% off now at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves are back in action tonight. They'll be trying to snap a four-game losing streak. The most recent setback came on Sunday at the Target Center against the Denver Nuggets. Now, Minnesota will have an opportunity to beat that very same club here tonight in Denver, and they'll hope for a different story when the fourth quarter comes around. The Wolves on Sunday carried a lead into the final frame, only to see Denver go on a 17-0 burst, a larger 33-8 run that put the game away for good. Here's Wolves forward Ed Davis on how they can limit those opponent runs. I mean, the NBA is based on runs. So, you know, it's just more, you know, just trying to take them out their action. You know, you don't want them to run, you know, two, three, four, the same sets in a row. So, you know, just try to make them more comfortable as possible. Got some good players over there, so they're capable of making runs just like any other team is. They certainly are. Jamal Murray went off for a season-high 36 on Sunday. Nikola Jokic, a triple-double. Our coverage from Denver gets underway at 7.30 Central Time tonight on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Who knows what the future holds as far as social distancing goes? But we at J&K Marine, well, we've been doing this for years. Yeti Fish Houses are meant for family fishing trips, a few friends to hang out in and enjoy some cold ones, and even some camping trips in the summer. We've placed our order for the Yetis, and once they're gone, they're gone. So the time is now to stop out to J&K Marine. Give us a call or check out our website for the key to social distancing this winter. 
Ace Muffler and Auto Repair on A Street in Detroit Lakes is your all-around auto repair shop, and he's open and ready to serve his community. Jeff has been servicing vehicles in the Lakes area for over 30 years. Jeff's work is fully guaranteed, and he will get the job done right. I know this because he is my dad. Schedule your appointment today by calling 846-9318. That's 846-9318. Jeff Muffler and Auto Repair is taking extra precautions to keep all of his customers safe during this time. You can always count on Jeff Muffler and Auto Repair. Make the decision for Precision. Precision Printing. Their business is helping your business. Precision Printing is the only locally owned printing company in Detroit Lakes. For quality printing that won't break your budget, make the decision for Precision. Printing, creative sales pieces, flyers, brochures, letters, invoices, and more. Plus, free pickup and delivery from the only locally owned printing company in Detroit Lakes. Make the decision for Precision. 847-3101. Or visit them at 219 Front Street in Detroit lakes this is the golden gopher daily update i'm mike Grimm. we'll talk minnesota hockey after this we are professionals we are family and friends we are volunteers we are community partners we are a team dedicated to helping you succeed we help protect and serve america's businesses when you need us we're here to help at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. The top-ranked Golden Gopher men's hockey team moved to 10-0 on the season with a 6-4 victory over Arizona State last night in Minneapolis. The Gophers jumped out to a two-zip lead, but three second-period Sun Devil goals put Minnesota down one. The Gophers then scored the next four markers to secure the lead and take the win. Head coach Bob Motzko talked to Wally and Frank after the game on the Gopher Radio Network. We did a lot of good things tonight, you know, letting them back in. We, I don't like the two penalties we took, and they get a power play goal. Now they're right back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we caused... Uh, um, we gave them an opportunity to get back in the game, and they're a dangerous team. And we talked about it, and you saw it tonight. And then we got a couple tips to, to you know, to, to stretch it out for us. But one of the big things we're working with is our net front presence and, and getting grind, grindy goals like that. You know, and that's a few now, and that that is a key part of, of hockey is coming up with greasy, grimy goals, and, and not just always the pretty ones. That, you know, the extend the lead, get you the lead, take momentum away, and, and you know, with our defensive core, we're we're able to, we're going to get pucks to the net. That's go for head coach Bob Motzko with Wally and Frank. Minnesota will visit border rival Wisconsin for a Big Ten series on Saturday and Sunday in Madison. For more info on Golden Gopher Hockey, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Sometimes the stars align and sometimes, well, they don't. Sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and sometimes you're firmly in the very wrong place at the very wrong time, like in a fender bender or in the ditch. We all have those adventures where we feel like we're in control and then we're not and we need help. That's where Weber Collision Center comes in. They handle every type of bang-up from minor to major. Find them on the corner of County Road 6 and Highway 59 South in Detroit Lakes or online at WeberFamilyMotors.com. Detroit Lakes Weather. Here's a look at your KDLM weatherology forecast. For today, some freezing fog possible early on. Could see some partial sunshine at times into the afternoon with highs nearing 30. Then for tonight, mostly cloudy will drop back to a low of 23. For Wednesday, cloudy skies there, upper 20s for highs. And for Thursday, partly sunny, a high of 28 degrees. 
Still above average even into your Friday, despite cloud cover, a high of 27. I'm meteorologist Michael Caro. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Nine and nine cent hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day long today. Was a busy day yesterday in terms of high school sports with practices resuming for the first time in just about six weeks with the COVID nineteen pause. Joined on the phone now by Lakers Athletics Director Rob Nielsen. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. How are you doing, Zeke? Doing well. It's, it's got to feel good to get those kids back on the court and on the ice and on the mat and in the gym after the six-week pause, right? Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, I've kind of found out that I'm not a real good uh, nine-to-five office guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be out doing stuff, uh-huh. and games and all of that. So obviously I missed it, and we all miss the kids. That's what we got into this for is to be around kids and have those interactions and things. And so... You know, that's been a real challenge to just not be able to have those interactions with kids and see them every day and go to practices and games and those things. So we're excited. Let's talk about practices and games real quick. Uh, with the, the the governor's restrictions and, and through advice from the Department of Health and the MSHSL, practices and games are going to look a lot different, especially for sports like hockey and, and basketball and dance, where masks are going to be required not just during practices but also competitions. What does a, a, a quote-unquote normal practice look like for high school sports these days? Well, you know, I think I think they're real similar to what we did this fall with volleyball and football. You know, we try to keep the social distancing as much as you can. Um, you know, obviously we know that's nearly impossible in some things, and there's going to be times where, um, you know, you're doing individual skills and you can spread kids out, but there's also times where you have to do some gameplay and there's going to be physical contact and they're going to be together. And you know, I think the the one thing that we've done or we've talked about is trying to limit the amount of time that you do that. You know, hey, we're not going to scrimmage for a half hour straight. You know, we might scrimmage for 10 minutes and then take a break and do some individual skills or some shooting drills for basketball or, you know, things where that close contact isn't uh, – as as much as it is in those other things to try and, and spread those times out and, and get some breaks. Obviously, the other thing is the sanitizing. You know, we're wiping down equipment with disinfectant stuff. They're sanitizing their hands, um, those kinds of things. But you know, I think as far as what the practices are, they're probably not going to look a whole lot different from that standpoint other than just a little bit more aware of how much of that time where kids are really spent together in close contact um, I think the other thing is probably when you break kids down to, to talk and do those things, you're not going to see all the kids coming together in a huddle kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. going to be more of a, a spread out situation. Um, I think the other, you know, I don't know, challenge, but the other thing that comes up is there's probably going to be a little more division between our teams to try and keep those pods to, you know, or facing and whatever else that, you know, what our varsity kids are going to be kind of our varsity kids and, to limit the crossover that you have between those groups so that if something does come up, you have a real easy kind of path to say, okay, this is who this kid's been around, who's the kids we're concerned about, and those kinds of things. So those are probably the real big differences. And then mask, and, you know, I think the was around at, at practices all for just about everything last night. Uh, I think the only one I missed was Nordic Ski, and then Aska Girls Basketball was late, so I didn't catch up with them. But, um, no, there wasn't a lot of complaints. 
know, it's going to be different. It's that kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, even surprisingly, I went to gymnastics and <laughs> they actually are one of the sports that can take their stuff off and, yep. uh, their kids had them on their tumbling and flipping and doing all that. And I asked, this is a bit of problems so, No, not at all. And so I think it's one of those things, uh, you know, after a few days, it's going to be the new normal and, and kids will adapt and, you know, hockey has some things that actually mount in the inside of their masks that, uh, the girls had already. And, uh, boys I think should be here by Wednesday or so that'll make things a lot easier there but you know like everything else it's just new normal and you adapt and you get used to it and well, I know Wisconsin's been playing in masks since yep. before Thanksgiving and uh, you know I know North Dakota volleyball played in masks this fall and those kinds of things I think it can work it's just a, a mind over matter sometimes of it's going to be different it'll be okay would I rather play or would I rather not wear a mask yeah, absolutely. That, that that that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. D- definitely flexibility a part of of high school winter sports, and part of that flexibility is the scheduling. Because I'm sure you guys had everything worked out seven weeks ago of of the start date for winter sports and who you're going to play. That gets thrown out the window. You're not sure when you guys could restart. Then uh, start date for a lot of of, of games is uh, next Thursday, the 14th. I know uh, Laker boys hockey, girls basketball, wrestling. And I think boys basketball all in action uh, as soon as next Thursday. Everyone else starts their their regular season after that. What kind of work goes into uh, uh, making a shortened schedule of a shortened season, not just once, but twice? <laughs> what kind of work goes in with the other ads when it comes to that? Yeah, um, actually, you know, uh, I think most people came out with a pretty good plan. You know, I think some people initially started talking about. Is uh, you know our conference. We're just going to reschedule everything and do mm-hmm. this and do that. And I one kind of scared me because I thought you're never going to get dates to match up and stuff as you do that. And so kind of most of the area ads and conferences just said, you know what, we're going to leave everything that we have. And you know some guys took the the thing of hey, I'm going to keep everything from 114 on and cross my fingers. Some said, "Hey, I'm going to wait until that next week and not, you know, not schedule anything that week of 114 or 114-15-16 and that first weekend that we got the okay, just not knowing." Mm. And so most of us, you know, it started pushing the things from from December and and late November to you know, later in the year. And, and I think when we kind of all got to the determination, is you know what, we have to leave kind of everything that we have, just move the stuff from the front to where it fits in in the back. It really wasn't that tough. I mean, uh, you know, you get some challenges for us with the number of activities that we have and facilities sometimes, you know, especially with the basketball wrestling thing and trying to find dates and match dates. Well, I think where it's going to get really tough is that, you know, if we have a, a weather cancellation or something like that, Yeah, I think it's going to be virtually impossible to find dates where teams match up and you're both available and, and that, you know, and, and probably the other little challenge in there is a couple of the recommendations were no back-to-back. And then, you know, you can only go two games a week until those last two weeks of the season. So that brought some challenges in, and, and it became virtually impossible to do the no back-to-back. So we do have a couple instances of those on our schedule. And it was kind of either that or we're going to miss out a game or two. And so we made the decision that, you know, we'll just do that and, and go – you know, and and make everything work. Is scheduling similar to what it was like in the fall? Because I know in the fall it had to be uh, in your own uh, section or conference, I believe. Is that same 
thing in play. Yeah. And how is that going to affect hockey specifically? Because there's not a, lot, a whole bunch of teams in this area. Are we seeing the same teams over and over and over again? You know, I think that was a, a recommendation more than anything. You know, obviously we saw some teams. We saw Bemidji go down and play Dinah and some of those things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, a recommendation. But for the most part, we've been able to do that. You know, we probably see a couple smaller schools maybe in basketball that we don't normally see. Um, you know, the one that kind of bit us a little bit is with most of our basketball section being uh, Central Lakes teams and that conference being a large conference, they basically got all of their games in the conference and prioritized that. So I think the only section teams we see during the year uh, in basketball are Alex and uh, I'm going to think of who else. Alex, Little Falls, and uh, oh, I know we got one other one of those Central Lakes teams that we ended up being able to sneak in. Um then the other thing that happened is Bemidji kind of tied up with the Central Lakes for this winter too, just mm. for scheduling purposes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we only have Bemidji, I think, once each for the boys and the girls. And so that's a little bit of a change. And then we picked up Barnesville, I think, on the boys' side. Um, and then I can't remember who. And then we, I think we picked Thief River back up on the girls' side. So changes like that but for the most part i mean we got a solid schedule and and the schools we've been able to add are good quality schools um as far as hockey actually you know we probably have one of the strongest schedules we've had in a while we were able to pick back up uh, you know we got all of our conference schools twice and then we were able to pick back up uh, east ground forks again that we hadn't had on the schedule till last year for a while and then we also picked up um the fervor who we hadn't had on the schedule in mm-hmm many years so um you know the the boys schedule especially is going to be uh real stiff and the girls is very similar you know we've got most of those section eight schools on the on the schedule and uh, added international falls on that side and so i you know i don't think it really hurt us very much as far as scheduling um you know obviously we'd like to get a couple more games with those section opponents and things but teams we were able to replace them with were, you know, are good, strong teams, you know, good tradition. They might be a little bit smaller schools, but they've been strong, strong programs. So I think it turned out really good. You know, that maybe the biggest challenge that some kids aren't going to like is it was really hard to, um, I think we balanced the home and away pretty good about, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, we got 18 games and we got eight home and 10 away or nine and nine or whatever. But we do run into some stretches where you might have four or five road games in a row. Mm-hmm. Then you might be home for four or five games, which isn't great. But it, it's just, you know, usually you got three months to kind of do some horse trading and shuffle stuff around to take care of those. And there just it wasn't time, you know, because most of those changes, then all of a sudden you affect one or two other schools and they've got to change. And, and when you're scheduling now for next, you know, January, it's easy to do that. But when you're scheduling now for two weeks from now, it's right. almost impossible. And and there's just not spaces to put games. That's the other thing for people to shuffle. So um, you kind of had to take what we could get as far as that home and away stuff. And he said, for the most part, they're balanced home and away, but you might have some stretches where you have more away games than you'd like in a month or a couple weeks. We're talking to Lakers Athletic Director Rob Nielsen. A couple new faces as coaches this season. Uh, Steve Zamzo, who helped make this gymnastics team a dynasty, has uh, stepped down from the head coach role. 
and also a new face of the coaching staff for girls basketball to introduce us to some of these new coaches we have on these winter staffs. Well, our, our gymnastics coach has been a longtime assistant and, and has been a big part of building that program along with Steve, uh, Lisa, um, Lingard, who used to be Lisa Eilertson competed for us, uh, and uh, has been a, a valued assistant coach to Steve for, for many years, and, and her husband, Joe Lingard, has helped out there as well. And so, um, you know, that's a hard spot to fill, and I just feel very, very lucky to get somebody of the caliber of Lisa and and not only from the, the skills and, and teaching gymnastics point, but just as being an outstanding person that understands that this is really about a lot more than gymnastics and and really creates high expectations for the kids. So, you know, we're just very lucky to get her. And and gymnastics I, is probably one of those hardest coaching positions to fill. There's mm-hmm. just not a lot of gymnastics people around that, uh, you know, are going to coach high school gymnastics and, and have the ability to, to do that. So really, really excited about what we were able to do there with uh, getting Lisa on board. And then Rachel Johnson, Rachel served as our JV coach last year, a great young coach that actually before she came here coached uh, in the Morehead Boys program with Laker alum Tyler Borman. And, you know, Tyler had just fantastic things to say about Rachel as a young coach and and uh, a great opportunity to, to get a, a great female coach on our staff and, and to lead that program. So also really excited about her. I think we, we did really good on both of those hires. Looking at the schedule, a Laker boys hockey versus Kitchen County Central. They begin their season next Thursday. Also, Laker girls basketball versus CI. Lakers basketball at Purim and Laker wrestling at Moorhead are all on Thursday. Laker girls hockey begins their season in Fergus Falls on Tuesday the 19th. Laker gymnastics team will have their first meet in Bemidji on Saturday, January 23rd. Full schedules are up online right now at dllakers.com. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all you do trying to get all this coordinated. And I uh, can't wait for sports to finally get started a week from Thursday. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for all you guys do uh, as well, Zeke, at the radio station to, to you know promote our programs. We really appreciate it. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again, Rob. If you missed any of the interview with Rob, you can go back and listen to it on demand at KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. It is worth noting that we don't know if fans are going to be allowed at Laker events yet this season. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more clarification tomorrow at 2 o'clock when Governor Walls speaks to the state. We will have that uh, that press conference live on KDLM. Expected to loosen restaurant and bar restrictions and hoping some clarification on what fan attendance will be uh, at some of these Laker and other high school events. Can't wait moment. Well, we've got uh, Gopher Basketball Weekly with Richard Patino coming up tonight at 6 o'clock. Also, Timberwolves basketball back on the radio. Trying to snap that four-game losing streak. Their Wolves are 2-4 and four after starting the season 2-0. and oh. Wolves are in Denver tonight to snap that four-game losing streak. 7.30 pregame show tip-off from Denver is at 8 o'clock. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. Tomorrow we got Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network joining us right around 9.45 to talk about Wolves basketball. I'm sure we'll dive into uh, this Vikings offensive coordinator search a little bit more tomorrow as well. Well, potential, alleged Vikings offensive coordinator search. You're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Just after 10 o'clock right now, Off the Record with Zeke begins after CBS News.